0: On today's episode of Sports in the World Football Edition, me and Chris recap NFL Week Eight, a little fantasy football talk. We recap Week Nine of college football and give you a Week Ten college football preview and a little UFC talk. That's today on Sports in the World Football Edition. And welcome into Sports in the World Football Edition. I'm Ladarius
1: and I'm Chris.
0: And if you're listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast or Radio Public, we both truly do appreciate it. And how are you, my man?
1: I'm hanging in there, bud. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. The Falcons didn't lose that bad, so I'm doing good. <laughs> you know, they always say, you know, hope for the best, you know, you know that old adage. So I did and you know, listen, Matt Shaw played, you know, it just goes to prove my point, point. It, it ain't the offense. But, but so we'll transition into that, into Week 8 of the NFL, and give me your thoughts on NFL Week 8.
1: Uh, you know, there were some great games that I, that I had a chance to watch. Um, literally the single best thing that I've seen, that I saw this weekend on the NFL was the god-like Donald Trump-level trolling that Jacksonville did on my Jets this weekend. Oh, yes, I when, saw that. When oh, they man. had Duvall come down on a wire like Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania.
0: <laughs> That's wearing, what it reminded me of.
1: <laughs> wearing a ghost costume. When you have a guy in a costume in a costume, It's very reminiscent to Robert Downey Jr. I'm just a dude pretending to be a dude who's another dude. (laughs) The level of trolling that they committed was godlike. I am famous for getting people all riled up on the internet over politics and sports. And I see it bothers them, and I'll just keep digging. And Donald Trump does a great job at it as well. He sees people like Pelosi and them. And he just gets on Twitter and just and and just messes with them. But to have a mascot drop down on a zip wire wearing a ghost costume after Darnold stupidly says on an open mic, I was seeing ghost, godlike. Hats off to everybody that made that possible in Jacksonville and Duval. And congratulations on the win against a shitty team. So You got to go to four and four while we're one and six. So good. Good on you on that. Um, That was probably one of my favorite things this weekend. Uh, Like you touched on with the Falcons and the Seahawks. um, The Falcons are just they are just not well. Uh, Matt Schaub had a hell of a game, though. Four hundred and sixty yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Julio Jones balled out Ten receptions, one hundred and fifty two yards. Um. That defense is the Falcons' worst enemy. Uh, I don't know if they're all Pac-12 players, uh, yes. but you guys, you guys are in some deep shit on defense. Not that I can talk on the Jets because we're just as a team having some some hardcore issues. Um, Drew Brees came back and the old gunslinger. Uh, I don't know if he got like a bionic thumb put in. I honestly think he's throwing better now than. Than pre-surgery, uh, they played a hell of a game. You know, he threw for you know uh, 373 yards, three TDs, and one interception. Game one back after a, a, a hand surgery. That's that's just stellar. I, that's that's the only way that I can put it. Um, the I I got to watch a little bit of the Niners and Panthers game. Jesus. Um, it, San Francisco is a real deal, man. I wasn't sure about them, you know. I, I, you know, strength of schedule, of course, is something that I like to preach on, and um, they really haven't played a lot of of talented teams. You know, San Francisco. I'm I'm discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolina is. Uh, I would consider them a complete team. They have passing. They have a great receiver core. They have arguably the best running back in the NFL currently with Christian McCaffrey. And their defense is just a bunch of ball hawks who will go up and and, and nab it out of the air or who will put pressure on the quarterback and and, and cause forced fumbles and so forth. Um, Jimmy G and, and the Niners just had... He had their number. I mean, there was just nothing that that they did wrong that game. They played great on the offensive side. They played great on, on defense. I think this is the lowest scoring game of the season for Carolina that, uh, that, that Allen had started in. And he's been a great quarterback all season until this game. He threw three picks and 158 yards. Um, you know, the only points really came off of McCaffrey running it, running one in. Um, So I was impressed by that game. Um, You know, Eddie Pinheiro shit the bed. Uh, They they could have won that game against the Chargers. Um, I I think personally they should have ran it up a little bit more, get a little bit closer, just to kind of give him an ease of shot or at least center him uh, in between the hashes. That was a back-and-forth game. I I don't think Trubisky is the answer in Chicago. I think they might have to start looking. Absolutely. Um, The game that really, really intrigued me, uh, number one was uh, the Monday night game and the Sunday night game. So the Sunday night game with the Packers and the Chiefs. So you line up, and and you and I and and Derek were in a group chat, and we were literally just busting Matt Moore's balls in the first— Uh, saying that, like, Helen Keller was a better quarterback. <laughs> uh, I even think I said I could probably go out there and, and yeah. play. This is terrible. Um, that game, you know, I I expected. You know, Sunday night, I was sitting at the house. I was I was playing the new Call of Duty. Which shout out to that. If you don't have it, go out and go buy that game. It is a fucking masterpiece. Uh, I shut it off and I was eating dinner. And I started watching the game and I was like, you know what? I'll probably watch it till halftime. This game is going to be a blowout. I'll be able to get a nice good night's sleep, get to bed around 10 o'clock at night, wake up and, and fly out Monday morning. Well, um, Matt Moore had different plans for me that night. Uh, when you're uh, playing that hard of a game against arguably, an, uh, again, another very complete team with the Green Bay Packers, you um, and you're playing that high caliber against him when you haven't played quarterback in what, what did they say? Two years, two years was, was the last start he had and it was in Miami. So that really doesn't even say for much to begin with. (laughs) Um, you know, he came out, he threw 267 yards and two touchdowns in, uh, uh, against the Packers. I mean, and, and they're no slouch defense. Um, you know, uh, Tyree Hill had a great game. He had six receptions for seventy six. Uh, that just that whole program uh, did incredible. And then on the other side of the ball, second half came in, and Aaron Jones or uh, um, Adam Jones from Green Bay, uh, he got woke up and just he went fucking postal. Uh, The second half, you know, he had, you know, total, he had seven receptions, 159 yards, two touchdowns, really three, but they called one back. Um, And then, you know, 13 attempts, uh, 67 yards carrying. Um, He played a great game. Aaron Rodgers did what Aaron Rodgers does. And in the moments of pressure and where you think he's out, the dude comes back and just plays immaculate ball. Uh, that was probably one of the better games I think I've seen this season. Um, And then the other one that I was actually pleasantly surprised to watch was the Steelers and Dolphins.
0: Jesus.
1: You know, I I, I just got back from dinner, and I got an alert on my phone, so I I was just getting to the hotel, and I see that it said – Dolphins fourteen, uh, Steelers zero. Score alert! And I was like, "What?" I I literally I looked at my phone and I I opened up the app manager and I was like, "This ESPN, my phone must be hacked and up." I I restarted the the app manager and shut ESPN down and opened it back up and then it still said fourteen to zero and I was like, "Well, shit! This might actually be the game they win." Um, and then. It, of course, they became the Dolphins and did what Dolphins do and just slowly implode on themselves. Um, You know, but old Rudolph there, he, you know, 251 yards, two touchdowns. You know, he did throw one pick. Uh, Connor went absolutely batshit crazy, 145 yards on 23 attempts with a touchdown. Uh, Smith-Schuster, you know, 103 yards with a touchdown. Uh, Rudolph was getting the ball Around to everybody. Uh, that was just a great game to watch. It was good. very good because, you know, at halftime it was 14 10, and the Dolphins were ahead, and you're like, no shit, you know. Uh, and then second half starts, and then Fitzpatrick, well, became Fitzpatrick,
0: um,
1: <laughs> you know, and and the, the, the Fitz magic wore itself off. And uh, that's when Connor was just waking up. The only thing that I question uh was the head coach's decision already far enough ahead in, in the fourth quarter i'm a very firm believer that if if you're just trying to sit on the ball let your other guys get some reps in your 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 backups, especially in key positions um wide outs tight ends running backs uh because i know connor they're still trying to get weight uh, i don't know if if you've heard anything on that injury, what's going on with that? Uh, yeah,
0: they, they, they got him as um, – because he's on my fantasy team. So, naturally, I was waiting like an expectant father in the in the, in the ER. And <laughs> they say it's questionable. So, so they're saying that he may go
1: into practice. So,
0: there's a yeah, good – Tomlin,
1: uh, Tomlin said that he's limited this week, right?
0: Yeah, so 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 contingent upon how he feels, probably by probably by Friday, I say because give it two days, I think. We'll, it's a good gauge. But listen, they got a good backup in Benny Snell. So that dude. So and I don't know if Jalen Samuels is coming back anytime soon. So they're not. His presence will be missed, but
1: you know, but you know, he did Jaylen what he a did. Tough team next week. They're playing the Colts next week. Yeah. So that's, uh, that, that's going to be an interesting little, uh, little matchup right there. Uh, yeah. but yeah, no, that, that back to the dolphins and Steelers game. Uh, that was another one I figured, you know what? The Steelers are just going to just pound Miami in. I'll turn it off at halftime. I'll go to bed and I can just wake up refreshed as the morning bell. And again, Rudolph had different plans for me. Uh, Good, just all, all around some great games this week. Um, you know, speaking of the Colts, you know uh, them and the Broncos. Uh, that was that was a low scoring but very back and forth game. Um, Joe Flacco, I definitely think has has found his way to the unemployment line sooner rather than later. Um, they're saying that he is out due to a neck injury that he supposedly <laughs> suffered right after the press conference where he where he threw uh denver's coaching staff under the bus saying that hey we're a two and six team we're down how much we're already going to lose we're we're, we're in a good chance of losing anyway why not just give it a shot the worst thing that can happen is it fails and well we lost anyway, so life goes on um and then now they have uh their backup starting and i was like well that coach just flexed on on Flacco, showing who's who's in charge.
0: You, you know what? And the interesting thing about that, Chris, is that I heard what Joe Flacco said, and I'm not going to sit there and deny that he there. Let like us say there's some truth in what he said, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, here's the thing with the Denver Broncos, and and this is this is something that really, really was interesting. Listen. They were in the football game. They they didn't get blown up. They were in the football game all four quarters, in my opinion. But but to me the problem is simply that like Flacco had 174 yards. Here's the thing. They were in the red zone three times, they only got one touchdown. So I I could sit here and argue that listen, aggressive play calling could you know, but listen, they hired a defensive coach. And I don't know if you agree with this, but there's the downside of hiring a defensive coach running, you know, in essence of when it comes to the offense. It
1: well, absolutely. To- uh, the You know, the Jets were a prime victim of that, uh, you know, the past few seasons with uh, with Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is an immaculate defensive coach. I will never discredit him. But absolutely. you know what? Some – I don't want to say it's like a plateau, but, you know, he's capable of – managing a team if he had a good offensive coordinator calling plays for him absolutely so the jets haven't had a good oc calling plays i think since lt was playing for us um you know and if you're a defensive minded head coach you have to have a very strong oc you know and then in the same reversal if you look at you know at the gators Dan Mullen is a very heavy... I mean, he an, he's an OC with two national championships. Um, but now he has Grantham on the opposite side of the ball that is a defensive wizard. And and that's what you need if if you're going to be a, a defensive-minded or offensive-minded. Unless if you're a balanced coach, you need to have good people. under. And again, it's what I talked about, about that leadership capability that if, if you're... If you are the CEO, you need to have a, a good guys, like your chief financial officer should have experience in finance, and your chief operations officer should have years of experience with uh, operational side logistics and things like that, you know, so you can rely on those people to make the right decisions in those fields, and uh, yeah, what's it, uh, well, what's the name of that Denver coach? Uh, uh,
0: Vic Joseph, uh, not Vic Joseph, uh, Vic Fangio.
1: Yeah, Fangio. Um, Yeah, he he is not an offensive-minded, you know, coach. Now, also, I'm a very firm believer of um, praise in public, punish in private. And as the quarterback of an organization, you are the leader of that team. You're the captain. That is your ship. That is your... you you don't own the team financially. You're not the GM. Hell, you're not the head coach, but you are the on field commander. The players look up to you on both sides of the ball. You can't do that shit publicly. Personally for me, do I agree with what Flacco said? 1000% times 10, but there's a time and a place for that. You don't make that comment on an open mic in a press. If you want to say you're disappointed say, Hey, you know what? This didn't work out the way I thought it would. We need to go back and adjust this. And then at that point, when they say, do you want to elaborate? No, that's, you know what we're going to have. That's what they have team meetings for. And then as soon as Flacco got off that stage, he could have went right to the locker room and went right to Fangio and said, dude, your fucking play calling is terrible and it sucks. And we're two and six. We're not going to make the playoffs at least give me a chance to maybe go three and six. And then at that point, if you and and your coach want to get into a pissing contest behind closed doors, great. But to do that publicly, that's, that's where I, I, I kind of draw the line on that. And, you know, hindsight now, all of a sudden he's got a a mysterious neck injury that he's going to be out five or six weeks And, uh, Allen's going to be the, uh, you know, is, is the name starter now, uh, Brandon Allen. Um, I, I, I think he got punished. I I think that he, he kind of felt the wrath on that, but, um, you know, it was a good game nonetheless, unfortunately, you know, they weren't aggressive enough and it showed, um, and, and that's why they lost, you know, then other than that, there was some, some decent games, you know, your, your usual suspects. Um, The Patriots beating the Browns, um, the Lions beating the Giants. You know, the one game I want to talk about before we move on to fantasy is the Texans and Raiders game. So, number one, hope J.J. Watt has a speedy recovery. That man has been plagued by injuries the past couple years. I don't want to say it's time to hang it up, but, you know... The, the boy has spent more time on the bench than he has on the field, and that sucks. He is a great defensive player, but, uh, you know, if if your body has a hard time handling it, um, sometimes you just got to be able to walk away from it. The guy's got more money than than anything. He's set for life. His family's set. He's actively involved in his community. You know, let's see what happens. Hopefully, but again, hopefully he has a speedy recovery on the opposite side of the ball with the Texans uh Deshaun Watson I don't know if he's part ninja or cyborg or what it is but the one of the 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 plays I, I'm sure you saw it where he was getting sacked and he's tried swinging around to get the guy to shake him swung the guy so hard that he put the guy almost like a like a spinning top on his ass the guy kicks him in the face Busts his eye, you know, below his eye or above his eye open. And he shakes it off, adjusts his helmet, and, and cocks back the throw and throws a touchdown. Like, he's just like, whatever, you know, this is just a typical Tuesday afternoon. Uh, you know, just shout out to, to to Deshaun Watson, just balling out of control there. And, uh, you know, they, they rolled past the Raiders 27-24. Um, I definitely, again, expected them to win. Um, but you know Watson has just been playing some immaculate ball. I'm wondering now that JJ's gone, if that's going to hurt them on the opposite side. Um, and then we'll see what happens. Other than that, the only other game, uh, you know the Vikings and Redskins. Um, I guess Cousins didn't want to play as hard this game. Uh, he he threw for 285. The good thing is, is he did not throw any picks. He did not throw any touchdowns but he didn't throw any picks. Um, Adam Thielen, of course, was out that game. He's supposed to be back this week. Uh, Stefan Diggs still went good. Seven receptions for 143 yards. Again, that's one of those games you just expect to, uh, for them to walk through. I was hoping it was going to be a high-flying game um, because the, the Redskins, just, I don't even think they employ a secondary. So I was kind of hoping for Diggs to have just an insane amount of touchdowns and yards so I can just put an absolute thumping on my latest uh victim this week in uh in fantasy (laughs) but yeah that's i mean that's my uh that's my week eight highlight
0: you know you know i think you pretty much covered everything there there were two things i just want to go back to real quick that you talked about and then I, i i want to go back and talk about that cleveland game and and once again i think we both can agree I think I don't think Freddie Kitchens lasts this season. If he does, God bless his heart. Uh, this is a disaster. And listen, oh, they play in New England. I get all of that. Nick Chubb was the only one that had a good game because New England could care less about. I'm not. You know, their front seven is good, not great. So Nick Chubb was able to have a great game. But here, here's all you need to know about the Cleveland. I'm not going to read any stats, Chris. I'm going to read you something. This is the quintessential Cleveland Browns. Their three turno- they had three turnovers on three consecutive offensive plays. And that's the first time any team has done that since the Dolphins did it week one of the 2012 season. And it's the, and it's the seventh time it happened since 2000. That's the Cleveland Browns. And that one play by Baker Mayfield, that play from the water boy, he just tossed it to the team like, listen, I'm good. And, and folks, unless they move on from coaching as Freddie Kitchens. And then I want to go back, and speaking of coaching, I respect what Vic Fangio said. St- you know, listen, he didn't back down from, from Joe Flacco, Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Listen, if you're going to blame anybody, you're the leader. And I think you had a very excellent analogy. It's a top-down business. I've always, it's a top, it's a football, any sports franchise is top-down. Okay, they look to the leader. And to me, Chris, I don't know if you'll agree. To me, this starts with John Elway.
1: Yeah, he. I mean, he because he, he's classified as what the uh, president of football operations. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, he's he's got to be able to 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 put in a a head coach that's going to fit the team that the the players you have for the team. Um, B, you've got to be able to control. I don't want to say control your players, but you got to be able to control. They are your employees. They need to know what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And there, there's a level of expectation that should be met that is definitely not being met at this point with the Denver. Um, they won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they deflated faster than an old porn star's titties. Um, and, and And it's showing. Um, but yeah, you know, Elway, if, if he's you know, the general manager or president of football operation, if he's the one calling the shots at the end of the day, he has to be able to a put a coach in. I think Fangio will be gone. I think he's going to be another victim. Uh, I think three victims on, on black Monday, victim number one is your boy kitchens at, uh, at Cleveland. Yeah. Victim number two is Adam Gase. In the Jets, yeah. he's a one and done, and I and I think Fangio you will see as a number three, um, you know Gruden definitely should be a number four, but with the money that they guaranteed him, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. In him. He yeah. he ain't going anywhere, um, but yeah, I El Elway's got to be able to put a coach in there that is going to neither be balanced or figure out a way to get better OCs and DCs in there. Um, Denver is just not playing well, and that's not a, a normal thing to say. You know, you can, for, you can say that, you know, name, name me three traditional shitty teams in the NFL. One, two, three, go. I can easily say Tampa, Miami, and Cleveland, right out of the gate. Name me three traditional great teams in the NFL. Uh, New England, uh, Denver, and Green Bay. They, they've won championships. They might not win the Super Bowl every year, but they're making it to the playoffs at least, you know? Um, you know, uh, and now you've got, you know, this conundrum in, in Denver that they're just, uh, Elway needs to do something. And uh, like I said, Flacco, you know, good on Fangio for standing his ground. the The guy was wrong, but he didn't lose his power, you know? If if as a leader, if you get challenged by authority, is is chauvinistic or misogynistic or whatever liberal PC term we'll, we'll label it, you have to exert that power as a leader. Uh, you know, in my profession, I ran into that when I took over the position that I moved up north for, and uh, as a a new manager, I wanted to meet all of all of my my. I guess I'm walking in as the head coach and I wanted to meet my O.C., my D.C., my special teams, my linebackers coach, you know, and I said, "Okay, hi, I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. Here's what you guys have been doing. Here is what I want to do. And here is a plan on how I want to get there. And uh, I, I did that with my team and I had one guy immediately say, well, we've never done it like this. And I said, I understand that. But based on X, Y, and Z, this is why I've been successful doing this, and I would like to implement it here. Um, and this is how it's going to be done. And he stood up and said, I'm not going to do it like this. And I said, well, this is the direction we're going. So you neither go with it, you give me a counter solution right now of why, and if it's a, 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 um, it makes sense and it's an ob- objective, that I'm willing to compromise, but unless if you're coming to me with a solution, don't come to me with a problem. And Or I said, you know, option three is we part ways. And the guy got up and said, you know, literally said, fuck it, I'm out of here. And because he and, and, and I could have been that leader who said, whoa, 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 sit down. Now, I needed that guy because now I had to go out and take the time to interview and hire and train and go through all that rigmarole. And, but I stuck to my guns because as a leader, I couldn't show weakness in front of my, because if, if you show that you can let your subordinates bully you into a corner, they will do it. I promise you. It's the thing is, is leading the bull by the horns. And if you allow them to do it, they always will. And I said, okay, cool. Leave your, you know, cause we have company issued, um, Expense expense cards and laptops. I said leave your laptop and your card here. Best of luck to you He did he walked out of the door and I looked at everyone else I said is anybody else want to go with them speak now or forever hold your peace Everyone stood silent Business went as usual. I went right back into my meeting now. I was upset with myself because I said fine leave I could have been more tactful about it. But at the same time, I had to show resolve as a leader. I couldn't show that weakness. And same thing with Fangio. Fangio was dead in the wrong. You know, I'm not saying whether I was right or wrong in my situation. Fangio's decision-making was wrong. His, essentially, employee called him out on it publicly instead of doing it privately. And Fangio said, OK, well, tough shit. This is how it is. Next thing you know, he's on the bench for uh, you know the minimum five to six weeks. So, you know, I mean, I, I I guess good on him for for doing that. Um, I don't know how well they're going to do with Brandon Allen. Um, but, you know, that that's at the end of the day, these teams are nothing more than corporations. Uh-huh. Um, and 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 that's how they need to be looked at. And, and sometimes that's how you end up on the outside looking in.
0: You know, absolutely right. You know, I'll just say this where we pivot to fantasy football. Is, is that I've always saw any sport, it's, it's top-down. There's a difference between why the Yankees have 27 championships and why the Seattle Mariners don't have one. It, it's, it's, it's simply because who's running your – it's not that Seattle hasn't had
1: great players and Ed great managers. Junior, arguably it's, one of the best players in baseball. Exactly. And it's not
0: that – you know, they had him, Edgar Martinez, you know, Felix Hernandez recently, Ichiro – You know, but at the end of the day, it's it's a top-down process. And no matter the sport, like you say, even if right or wrong, you don't do it. If you're an employee, you have a problem, there's a door, there's a room, you talk. And at the end of the day, Flacco wasn't wrong in what he said, but it's usually not what you say, it's how you say it. He could have easily pivoted. Let's say he could have pivoted, but he didn't. And now I believe he turned his neck trying to look for an, ex- an exit and he hurt his neck because he knew he was screwed. He <laughs> so, so, so speaking of pivoting and hopefully our necks don't break, we're going to pivot into fantasy football and give us your, give us your running backs, give us your running backs and who you like, who, who you like love and you don't like.
1: Um, all right. So for running backs, you know, on the stardom side, Um, we're going to go ahead and look at, uh, Mark Ingram, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they're playing new England this week. Um, and they, new England has a great defense, but their run defense isn't exactly stellar. Uh, I guess would be the way that I could, uh, I, I could, I could possibly, uh, roll it. Um, another great matchup is going to be, uh, Melvin Gordon on the chargers. Um, he has been kind of slowly picking up. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, they're, they're projecting right now that he's, he's going to be sitting in the, in the low twenties. Um, and then if you're in a PPR league, naturally that'll, that'll boost up from there. Um, I think that he'll have a, uh, a decent game. Um, another one that we're looking at for your starters is going to be, uh, probably Jordan Howard for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I see same thing. Um, if it's a PPR league, they're projecting a minimum of 15 for him. Um, you know, this week is kind of an oddball for running backs. There's. There's a lot of variables. I had I was trying to do my homework on that. Um, besides, like your standard like go to uh, running backs. I'm not going to tell you, hey, if you have Christian McCaffrey, you should start him, or if you have uh, Zeke Elliott, you should start him. That's just common sense. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this exactly. this is the ones that I'm trying to to kind of set people up with. You know, another one that's on the border wall. Would be Tariq Cohen. Um, and that is one hundred percent revolving around which Mitch Trubitsky shows up this week. Because um, if if you get DirecTV Trubisky, uh, Cohen's going to have a great game. Because if you're playing in a PPR league, he's a guarantee guy that will on a on a good T V Trubisky Sunday, you're going to get. 18 between 18 to 30 points uh if you're getting standard cable uh you know trubitsky you're gonna end up like me last week and you're gonna get like i think eight points from him you know uh luckily i have just a a good wide out core to begin with so i mean i'm pretty covered on that i was using him as a flex um but still it just it it kind of hurts um, you know, some some possible uh and, and I would almost categorize him as a as a sleeper. Like I said, it's one hundred percent um you know, go to another sleeper um is uh Jalen Samuels, depending on one hundred percent on Connor. If he starts or if he's gonna be at limited production. Um if if Samuels is available in your waiver wire and you have room on your bench. You know, maybe you got off a bye week and you have an extra kicker or an extra defense that you just don't need. Uh, get rid of them. Put in Samuels on there. Um, another possible sleeper is AP going to Buffalo. Um, you know, AP has been, been up and down all week uh, or all season. Um, you know, that could be a, another sleeper. Um, you know, another one is on the other side of the ball. You know, the OG Frank Gore going against, you know, Washington's defense. Uh, I mean, Gore isn't exactly uh, you know where he used to be, uh, but it is Washington, so you're kind of betting on on a broken horse. Um, and then definitely your Sidums this week. Um, I would I would give Lashawn McCoy a, a seat. I would give Sunny Michelle a seat, um, and then I would give Carlos Hyde a seat for sure. Um, you know, another one if you even are starting them would be uh, uh, Kenyon Drake. Um, if you are bless you, if you're not, you know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have them on my team, but uh, going against, uh, cause they've got what San Francisco this week. I believe my computer is giving me the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the blah screen. Yeah. San Francisco, again, they're, that, they're on that real deal. Um, you know, I, I would just, I would stay away. Um on their their defense is just so friggin strong. It's ridiculous and, But yeah. that's that's my that's my uh, week nine for for running backs so like I said with it Um, it's a little bit more difficult this week because there are some tougher matchups and I was, I was looking over this And even this list I got Yeah, um, you know, uh That's it's unfortunately it's kind of the best of a, of a mediocre situation. I could pull for you. Unfortunately, this week, I don't have I don't have too much advice on it.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a, it's 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 a tough it's a tough week, simply because you know, especially when you like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to be fine. Uh, you know, James Conner, especially. You know, like even like even with the, even as the Jets season goes, I think Le'Veon Bell is not the worst option to start against Miami because Miami is still Miami. Yeah, and. I like I tell people I don't care who like, like you said, there's definite ones. Like if I if, if you have to remind people, hey, start Christian McCaffrey, start Dalvin Cook, then there's a problem. So because it's obvious, and he's one of those dudes, he's in that class where even if even if Christian McCaffrey plays you know, like he did San Francisco, he's still at a hundred yards. So because at the end of the day, you know, San Francisco said, Okay, we'll let we won't let Christian McCaffrey beat us we'll let Kyle Allen beat us and Kyle Allen looked you know balanced probably the worst game hands down he looked but but when you know and that from the fantasy, from the fantasy perspective Christian McCaffrey's a start every week because most teams will say listen we can't stop Christian McCaffrey we can't we acknowledge that so we want somebody else to beat us you know it's kind of like the Bill Belichick way where Belichick will take away one element of your game so he forces somebody else to beat you and look at what well, look what happened to Cleveland. That's why I say Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb. I think is going to have a great game. He's going to play Denver because I think Denver's done. But but you know, like I say, I'm not going to sit and argue with you. You know, because listen. There's a reason why you are where you're at the league. You know, in our league, and I'm looking at our our standings, and I'm like, I look, yeah. look who who do I wake up this morning?
1: You getting worried yet?
0: Am I getting worried? Listen, you, I was worried two weeks ago. Started from because, the, now we here. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> anytime, anytime we throw in Drake in, it's always a good time. And and you know, because quite frankly, you know, I I I am a little scared. You know, two weeks ago I was scared because I said, well, I gotta play Chris, and I got because quite frankly the top three. You know, no disrespect. You know, listen, I believe it's hot. You know, Hot Chelle Time Machine and Murder at mad. I, no, no disrespect to nobody else in, in our, you know, it, you know, no no disrespect to anybody in my in our division, but I look at those rosters and I go, Jesus, even I would need every single player to exceed, and I know I can't, <laughs> and I, and listen, I'm a realist, I, it's not gonna happen, because you know, like you know, you know this week, you know, Cob- you know, Cameron, you know, Atlanta's on a bye week. So I had to – I was pulling a draft date. I was being Bill Belichick. I was trying to be like you and trying to pull Bill Belichick deals because it's it's very thin. And I tell people certain positions – I think we talked about this on another episode how thin certain positions are. I think tight end was right up there on that list in terms of how thin the talent is. And like I said, quite frankly – I, like I say, I wake up and I say, "Oh crap, because like this week, like I'm playing a dude, you know, listen, you know, take it as you will, listen, you know, you know, I'm not you know the dude is <laughs> Jesus, I don't think I've ever been an underdog this whole season,
1: no, you haven't, yeah, and you're and you're playing a a mid level uh seventh place guy in in division two who's four and four and kind of on the up and up. And if you look at, uh, uh, if you look at, so we're division one, so you're sitting at seven and one, I'm five and three. The guy below me is five and three CJ fell to five and three. Um, and then we have a four and four and, and the only guy without a win at Oh and eight. Uh, the other division is six and two. The rest of them are four and four and two and six. Um, so, you know, we definitely kind of hold the top part. But yeah, you you I'm I'm looking at this and you're definitely the underdog uh, you know, for that and it's not by a point or two. You're looking at a a 30-point spread. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then in my and then on my week it's almost 100 points in my favor. <laughs>
0: yeah, Jesus. You know, hang on. Let me you you might as well say it is 82. You might as well say 100. You know, you know, just like what you know, Yahoo said, and I think the only person I had to play was James Conner Monday night. And they still gave me a one percent chance to lose. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you guys doing? And and so all I need is James Conner, you know, hey, just run a yard, you know, get back on a flight to Pittsburgh and I'm good. But, you know, I think the nitty gritty, I get scared because it's kinda like it's kinda like the NFL. It's kinda like how I felt about San Francisco where like oh they our my schedule and that's no nothing once again nothing against our schedule, but you know now I I looked ahead two weeks and I go I'm not going to be favored in a, in a single one, and I'm lucky I got that win last week, you know, you know I you know it's going to be interesting down the stretch. It's kind of reminding me of like the Eastern and Western Conference back when LeBron was there, like the West. You know how the West was so jam packed with talent. Yeah. That that's us yeah no, no disrespect to that other division that that looks a lot like the west where because quite frankly you know going back to the standings, you know six and two someone you know you know someone could easily win that division eight and eight
1: and, oh, and, I, wholeheartedly wholeheartedly
0: where I feel in ours i have to have i got to get at least ten wins and it's kind of like you look at the schedule like well where am I going to find ten wins at because you know or at least or better yet two wins out of the next couple of weeks. And because I got to face you. And then I just said, screw that. I'm not even going to forget it. I'm going on vacation that week. I'm not forgetting. <laughs>
1: th-
0: I think I'll, I'll go down to my uh. There's, a, there's like a restaurant. I think I'll think i be there during Sunday. I'm not. You're not going to watch your fantasy? No, not this week.
1: I'm no, good. not this week. Yeah, because if, if you look at it, see, the other thing that, that I haven't set up is, you know, a lot of leagues do it the way um, where it's just like it's an every you can do divisions, but it's an every man for himself. Um, I'm, you know, I mimicked how they do it, you know, in the NFL is that, you know, you got to win both conference and non-conference games. Mm -hmm. Uh, luckily for me, the, the three of my losses, only one of them came from a divisional loss. So that, that helped me a little bit. Um, and then I'm looking at, you know, my schedule, um, you know, I, I've got, you know, this week and next week are pretty much guaranteed wins. Uh, I got you week 11, which I'm already slated to be. That's the,
0: yeah, Yeah, for, forget. It. 30, yeah, forget.
1: 35 it. points.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I'm
0: not showing up to work that day.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and then you look at week 12 for me. Um, I got a, a division win that's going to be a, a minimum 60 points. Uh, week 13, I've got the division that's going to be 90 points uh and then i got a week 14 is gonna be about a 24 point spread uh so i mean as long as as my guys stay healthy and and that's the 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 hard part especially getting into that back end of the season um that's that's where i i think i'm gonna be able to pull up because that's gonna give you a division loss or two and that's when you could be dethroned i think my man
0: you know what? I'm not I'm, you know what? I'm not gonna be upset. i'm I'm not because uh, like like I, I reiterated, I said I fully expected you to just I expected to get you know, maybe at least eight wins. And but I said, Bill Belichick here, he's going to win at least he's he's gonna he's gonna win double digits. And but you know, and I'm looking, and this is something that and before we move on to uh, college football, you know, I'm looking at your points for – Look, you know, I tell people, don't let the numbers, don't let the record fool you. Listen, you have the most points in our, in, in the division. By a lot. <laughs> By a lot. And, and it's and it's not even close. So it, it, when I see that, I go, well, he ran across a week where two or three dudes just went off. And and it happens. Because cause at the end of the day, when I caught, I think I caught my first loss to CJ. Yeah. And I look at his roster and I'm like, okay. And then I think I had a dude knocked out, and I think that kind of semi hurt. I'm like, oh crap. So I got to, and by that point, it was the last dude to play. So, but you know, I expect down the stretch, like you say, I expect it to be a horse race between, and between, you know, you, me. And I think I respect CJ's team so much. So,
1: he's, I... yeah, he's got a stacked lineup there. Uh, you got, yeah, him. Me, you, and then of course the division leader uh, Matt, who's uh, who's trumped that bitch, uh, and in in division two, um, uh, yeah. I mean the the thing is, I've got it set up to where um, the division champs and two wild cards get in. So whoever's essentially third place and fourth place will be the wild cards, and then uh, division champs get an automatic uh automatic sit-in on on the uh on the playoffs so it's gonna be uh it's it's gonna be interesting so I'm I'm very curious to see where we go from there so it's it's getting the crunch time man
0: it, it absolutely is and, and once again folks if you have any fantasy questions you know for Chris or my, you know for for Chris you know go to at the world on both Twitter and Instagram go to our Facebook page sports in the world and the, and for the ampersand you you know, check us out, connect with us if you have any, leave comments and questions because, listen, I had someone call out San Francisco, oh, we know you, and they said we both don't respect them. After this week, I think we both kind of look at and go, put up that five spot, we both kind of got to. So, so once again, I read them, whether I like it, it's a whole different story, but, but I do take the time and look at them, but... So once again, Sports in the World, both Twitter and Instagram, go to our Facebook page, Sports in the World. And so speaking of, so we go from the NFL, we go from, we go from, you know, from, you know, great teams. And we're going to talk about some more great teams as we transition to the, the college week football week nine. And, you know, to me, there was a couple of games, but that, that caught my eye. But give me your thoughts on college football week nine in the recap.
1: Uh, you know, there were. There were good games all over the place. So I'll go ahead and just to, to cater to some of the uh, football impaired, oh boy. go ahead I... and say, good job, Ohio State. Oh you boy. beat a ranked team, as you should have. Now, I said congratulations, and you get the pomp and circumstance, and you played a great game against a great team. I'm not going to argue it. I'm not going to say, well, this, well, that you are expected if you're going to run around and and again I keep using that UFC fighter analogy if you want to fight for the title fight you have to beat the the contenders in your division don't go to the amateur gym on the corner of you know whatever and whatever and go beat the shit out of a couple guys that just signed up and say hey give me the Khalid title shot cuz it doesn't work like that you got to earn your spot and this is a step for Ohio State to earn their spot. This is the first reputable win they've had all season, and it is now week nine. We are already halfway through the season, and they're just playing their first reputable team. Now, hindsight is, well, their back half of their schedule is tough. Now, granted, yes, they they do have a little bit of a heavier back half of their schedule. If you look at it, they have uh, uh, Wisconsin they just played. Now, let's look at the rest of the schedule, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, the, uh, They're actually on a bye this week, so I won't have to listen to Derek bitch and moan for a week, uh, which will be nice. Um, they have a <laughs> scrimmage game against Maryland, a scrimmage game against Rutgers. Um, they play Penn State, which is arguably the most important game of their season. Um, and then they play uh, Michigan for their, their rivalry season closer. Um, I, I'm even going to argue that is going to be an important game. I mean, they absolutely have to win. Personally, for me, for, for them to get considered for the playoffs, they need to win out the rest of their season. And then they, they need to win the Big Ten Championship. If they do not do both of them, I do not think they deserve a spot. Because if you're gonna drop a game uh, uh you know against a great team like Penn State, then you don't belong there. You just showed it if if you can't win those games, you're not gonna win a playoff game, and you're you you need to be pulled out and get your pony pulled out of the race so if and I'll say it now, if they beat Penn state, if they beat Michigan. More than likely, they're probably going to play Penn State again for the Big Ten Championship, and they win that. I will wholeheartedly say they deserve a playoff spot. No questions, no comments, no concerns, and let it go from there. And then may the best man win from that. But to say that they earn a playoff spot right now, absolutely. I, I don't think they do. They played, they've played one good team and performed. That's it and you beat up on Miami of Ohio, and you beat up on Rutgers, and you beat up on Northwestern, Uh, you know, I mean, and then people say, well, you play Townsend. Well, you're right. We do play Townsend, but we're also playing three top ten teams in four weeks. So sit down. I don't even think Ohio State has played three top ten teams in the past two seasons. So, again, congratulations. You won. It's expected. Go out and continue to do it. Win against Penn State, you shall have my respect. If you lose against Penn State, then my point has been proven that you're just a flashy program against amateurs. And when you step into the octagon against a real competitor, you get your ass knocked out. You were It will be the equivalency of of CM Punk debuting into the UFC. <laughs> um, you know, some, uh, some other games, uh, of course, you knew damn well. Another team I'm going to pick on is Oklahoma. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. You're yeah. Oh, oh wait. Can,
0: can, I, can, can I get an I told you so from America? Can I get an I told you so?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't believe in Oklahoma. I said they were gonna to lose
1: to Baylor, but they, they did be one better and lost to Kansas State. That's an embarrassing loss to Oklahoma, is what that is. Um that and and you know what? Right there, they were they were what, number five? Yep. And then and they bumped back to ten. Awesome and Yana, homie. You deserve your, – your chance at the playoffs has just been eliminated. If you're going to lose to a scrub team like Kansas State who – I don't even – have they ever been relevant in football? I know they've got a, a borderline okay basketball program, maybe water polo or underwater <laughs> basket weaving or um, croquet or something. But I don't think they've ever been a football school, to my knowledge at least.
0: You know, you know, I'll be real quick. You know, here's the thing. That was their first home win against Oklahoma since 1996. So, you know, listen, Bill Snyder ran their program well, but you know, I you know, they were borderline at both, but but once again, I'll I'll go I'll toss it back to you. So, now the transition to my question for you is, now that I think we both can agree that I don't care if Oklahoma beats Baylor; it doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter at this point. You lost the K State. You, uh, you. Even if you win the big, there's going to have to be a lot of things to happen for them to be reconsidered for the playoffs. Um, I, I think you know. I know they're. I think it's what next week is when they start doing the playoff examinations and all that. Mm-hmm. I honestly think we really can't even talk about who's going to the playoffs until the end of the season, because you've got the, the two most crucial games that are going to shape the playoffs is the sec championship and the big 10 championship in my eyes, because that's either going to eliminate LSU and or Bama and Ohio state and or Penn state. Um, so, cause right now, you know, you're, you're, if you're looking at your top 25, uh, let's let's take a quick little looky-loo at that because you've got two SEC teams, uh, you know, sitting at the helm, and then you've got uh, Clemson and Ohio State. So, um, all right, so you've got LSU at number one, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I think they are the best team in the nation right now, hands down. Alabama's having some problems, and I think with Tua being out against LSU. That is where they go down. They will not see the SEC championship. I am predicting that it will be LSU and Florida, and the winner of that game will be put into the playoffs. Um, Again, you've got – so that's going to – so one and two, someone's going to be removed from the top four. Whoever um, wins in the Big Ten, whether it be Penn State or Ohio State, um, that's going to remove – even though um, uh, Penn State is number five, I'm just going to say hypothetically, I'm already pushing one of those sec teams out of the top four. And then I'm now pushing one of the big tens out of the door. Now, if that happens, uh, Clemson is going to stay in no matter what they've got a, such an easy road in the ACC right now that there is no real team. That's going to give them a, a problem. They're going to win the ACC championship. They will stay in the playoffs. Um, the the fourth man in the in the horse race now is do you put a a one loss conference loser in or do you possibly open the door up to the Pac twelve with with Oregon you know Oregon as much as I don't like them you know they you know I mean I I really can't say too too much bad about them yeah, yeah it's in they've they've beaten they beat washington they beat you know washington state isn't exactly a, a regularly top top 25 program um but they they beat washington state their only loss comes from auburn a game on game one and auburn ain't no damn slouch of a program either yeah um you know they beat stanford which has been kind of the questionable team um you know, their only real, I think, real challenge left of the season is going to be Arizona State. Um, I, I don't see uh, SoCal. They're they're such a washed up program that their their relevance is nothing at this point. They've got Arizona Arizona State and Oregon State left. Um, Oregon State doesn't mean shit. Uh, Arizona State, I think, is their only real deal and, and then the and then the Pac-12 championship and I'm not super familiar with with how the Pac-12 is registered so I don't even know who they would play for their championship but if they win out the rest of their season and they win their Pac-12 championship I'm going to go and say that they deserve a spot over Oklahoma in general because Oklahoma you know the only game that that Oregon dropped was to an SEC powerhouse, a ranked SEC powerhouse and Oklahoma drops to Kansas fucking state, you know, the wicked witch of the West dropped a fucking house on them. You know, I I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I just, I, you know, um, but you know, the, but that, you know, that we'll, we'll save that. I think for next week's cause now I'm just jumping ahead of myself. I'll stick to just this week. Um, You know, back to this week, you know, some of the shootouts, the LSU-Auburn game was a great game. Um, It's just, again, I know it sounds biased because, you know, I'm an SEC guy, but proof is in the pudding. We got the most ranked teams, the most in the top, case dismissed. I'm going to just leave it at that. Um, You know, Penn State put on a clinical against Michigan State. Um, You know, again, Oregon beat Washington State. Uh, Utah smoked California. Um, you know, but the one game I want to touch on, and I'm going to throw some props to, is Michigan. Old, old Mister Khakis. He, I guess he does. He heard our podcast and said, yeah. "Shit, I don't want to hand in my whistle." <laughs> and uh, I, I think that he, he knew we had to win that game. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I think, I think right now Harborough, Harborough right now is in a situation where. He knows that if he does not win he's he's done um he hasn't i don't has has he beat ohio state since he's been there
0: i i think he has because he's been there since since 07, what, 07, i believe i believe he's i believe he has
1: but been there since 07 cuz he was uh he was with the uh, with the
0: all, Niners all 7 you know, so I'm confused
1: about
0: yeah. yeah he's been there since 2015 okay so i don't that, think he's with them so you know i i i think it's interesting i think it's super interesting because you know what i'm going to answer your question because i believe i believe he has but but once again, he took the job in twenty fifteen, and you know what, Chris? You're right. He hasn't beat Ohio State. Yeah, he he's lost every. The last time, the last time Michigan beat Ohio State was back in twenty eleven, and yeah. and and this is why I and you know and I don't listen to outside news, you know, but you know Joel Klatt said something that, listen, I usually no group agree with that dude on a lot of stuff. Just like, well, maybe it's the, I, I don't know. But he made a point about Michigan football that I think exemplifies why I think he's looking to get out. I think when you look at Michigan and Ohio State, I could argue for the last 10, 15 years, Ohio State's been, even when Ohio State was down, they were a hell of a lot better than Michigan. And I Michigan, I, I, could, I could agree with that. And when he came in and took this job, it, it wasn't so much about rebuilding the team, rebuilding the culture. And listen, Lloyd Carr, legendary coach, he lost his job. Why? Losing record against Ohio State. Why did Urban Meyer keep his job? Because he just demolished Michigan. So, you know, people can't say robbery games save jobs because they do. And, and I think but with Michigan, I think that – I think they plateaued. I think they plateaued. They beat a Notre Dame team who they just got demolished. And Michigan showed how great they can be too little too late. But I just still go back to my point that I think Jim Harbaugh, he's auditioning for the NFL. And I, and, 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 and I stand by that.
1: And, and you know what? Some coaches are made – for college and some coaches are made for the nfl to be a college coach you not only have to be able to coach a program you have to raise young men into men um and then you have to convince them you have to sell why they should join your program now when you work for very prestigious programs like alabama or florida or florida state or I'll even go out and say Ohio State because they've got a, a, a couple championships under their belt. You know, Michigan really hasn't been relevant in recent history. Um, kids aren't going to remember that Michigan won in 1960, whatever, uh, <laughs> that are old enough or young enough to play college ball right now. Uh, Harborough is not, um, he's not like a mother hen. Yeah. He he is an NFL coach that these kids played all of their life. They played in college. They're now adults. They understand their 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 position to the fullest of their extent. And that's where he excels, is that he doesn't have time to babysit. Okay. And that's what college coaches do to a point, is they're babysit. They're grooming these kids to become professional athletes. And I just don't think he has the desire to do it. Um, I personally think that, if he if if he succeeds this season, um, if you if you look at the rest of their schedule, they've got Maryland this week, Michigan State, Indiana, and Ohio State. Um, they right now, their only real tough game left is is the Ohio State game. Now on the opposite side of the ball with Ohio State, I think that is gonna that that's gonna be a trap game. I think for Ohio State. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, question. Uh, but but right now, you know, Harborough lost to Penn State. Uh, he lost to Wisconsin. He did beat Notre Dame. And for some reason, people think that that's such a great feat to beat Notre Dame. They're it's just, not... they're, 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 they are, I'll even say that they're more overhyped than, than Ohio State is year in and year out. Um, but Michigan, I think for Harborough, if he wants to stay in college, I think that letter he wrote personally was just a bunch of PC garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he does want to stay in college, he needs to beat Ohio State this year. If he doesn't, go back to the pros, buddy. Like college, And it's not, nothing bad. It's just that certain people fit in certain positions, and, and this is one that he just might not fit in. But I'm at least happy with him this week. I'm happy with Michigan this week that they beat Notre Dame. I will root for anybody that plays against Notre Dame. I will root for Florida state if they play against Notre Dame, because they're just the most obnoxious program that's out there. And they just get to float around. They don't have a conference. They just get to, they're that girl in the neighborhood that just blows all of the dudes and is popular, you know, that's, that's what Notre Dame is. There's no loyalty. And you know what they say in the rap songs, these hoes ain't loyal.
0: Yep, yeah, I think uh, it it goes something like that. That's, yeah, that, that's about, right. That's
1: about other, right. Other than that, it was a very quiet week. I saw that Memphis beat Tulsa out by one point. Um, the one thing that I am just ecstatic about is the emptiness from UCF fans right now. They, I I I've actually like I've I've had to call in and check on them to make sure that that they're okay. You know, uh, this, this whole thing after this loss to Cincinnati, just it silenced them. I saw that they beat up on Eastern Carolina. They beat up on Temple. I, I'm, I guessed for once Temple didn't. Oh, so this time Temple only put, uh, let's see here. Uh, Roughly, let's like a Temple. Oh wow! They actually didn't put five hundred yards on him. I'm just, I am, I am shocked. Wow. Um, but UCF is just so quiet now. And you look at the rest of their season. Uh, they play Houston, Tulsa, Tulane, and then the War on I four, uh, and for against South Florida. Now, I'm actually currently on location across the street from UCF, uh, on on assignment for work, and of course I. I had my gators hat on, uh, coming back from dinner last night. Cause it was a little bit of a low key. I didn't have to take clients out or anything. And I'm walking back into the hotel. And of course they got the stupid golden night cardboard cutout thing in front of, uh, in front of the, the lobby and all that. And I'm walking towards the elevator and this guy is looking at me and he's like, you're in the wrong side of town to be wearing that hat. And I looked at him, I said, yeah. Yeah, I reckon so. I was like, um, I know on this side of town, they pretend to win national championships. They don't actually win them. Jesus. And, uh, he didn't find that as funny as I did. And then <laughs> I I asked him how a season was going and what, and what they were ranked. And he kind of stubbed me and turned around and walked away. So I think I'm going to go ahead and say, I, I won that conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, uh, Uh, that's all I got for week nine, man. There, there, there was some ups and downs, some regulars, but uh, yeah, you know, those, those are all the games I wanted to cover.
0: But, oh man, oh boy, I think I have an idea for the title of this episode already. But, (laughs) but, you know, uh, I, I, I want to cover something real quick before we move on to preview the only really two games to talk about. You know, for week ten. No, no disrespect to all the other games and all that jazz. But I want to talk about something. Cause I think, I think you, I think you, I think you and Derek got into this about. I think all of us we talk about we talk about conferences. We talk about what team moves to different conferences, something like that. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And so I did a little research because I have A, I have too much downtime, and B maybe I should work more. But we'll get those are those are conversations for my for my therapist but the point is so i did the power five schools and and playing against other power five schools you know not including themselves so for the record the acc did not play the pac 12 that's the only match that didn't happen this year but with the acc they they're 0 and 2 versus the big 12 the big 10 is 1 and 2 versus the big 10 they're 1 and 2 and versus the SEC, they're two and two. So overall, the ACC is three and six versus other Power Five schools, which is why I I look at Clemson and go, listen, if I had to pick a team to go out, I would pick Clemson. But if they run the gamut, I'm not gonna steal thunder and take them out because because of strength and skill. If that was the case, then you know I can, it, it, It's it's a muddled mess there. So, but with the Big Twelve, listen, the Big Twelve, they're two and zero versus the ACC. 1 and 1 versus the Big 10. They're 2 and 1 versus the Pac-12, and they're yet they're 1 and 2 versus the SEC this year. So they're 6 and 4 overall versus Power 5. So we go to the Big 10. The Big 10 is 4 and 5 overall. They're 2 and 10 versus the ACC. They they couldn't beat the Pac-12 this year for some reason. I don't know. But they did beat an SEC school. So claps for them, I guess. So we get to the Pac-12. Listen, they're one and two versus the Big Ten. They're three and zero versus the Big. Excuse me. They're one and two versus the Big 12. 3 and zero versus the Big Ten, and they're one and one versus the SEC at five and three. So here we go to the SEC. We're two and two versus the ACC, two and one versus the Big 10 0 and one versus the Big Ten. That'll make, that'll make Derek happy. Well, man, we'll see about that. But and they're one and one versus the Pac-12. So they're five and five. And it goes back to my point that, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I think we both try to convince Derek that strength of schedule matters, correct? Or conference.
1: Yeah, it, it strength of conference and strength of schedule matters. It boils back to my UFC analogy. If Now, I get that they can't control what goes on in their conference. They can't Absolutely. control that Indiana sucks and Northwestern sucks and Maryland sucks and Nebraska sucks and Minnesota sucks, they can't control that. What they can control is that on these out-of-conference games, instead of going out and playing against uh, FAU, reach out. Say, hey, Oregon, let's bump heads. Hey, uh, USC. Hey, Oklahoma. Hey, Texas. Hey, Florida State. What's up? Yeah, that, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna knock it, but I'm, but I won't at the same time. Northwestern's not a, an athletic school for uh, football. Neither is Indiana or Purdue or Michigan State or Maryland, for that matter. You can't control that, but as you're out of conference games, you are literally in 100% in control. Of that, you know, UCF is a prime example. Hey, UCF, you want to play in the big leagues? Why don't you step up to Gainesville for a couple of years and come play us? Oh, no, 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 no. We'll play um, – uh, who, who is that game? What? Who are they going to play out of conference now?
0: Uh, BYU and BYU. Boise State. BYU.
1: All right, you know, Boise State, eh. I'll give them enough credit because one of their kids made it on the cover of the uh, NCAA game one year. <laughs> um, but – b y u that's your out of conference game man man that's that's a that's a tough one, but again, you have control of those games step up and play here's your opportunity get your shit together um but again it and and that boils like that and again and like i i keep saying is that it's not fair to go beat up a bunch of amateur fighters and then demand to go immediately for a championship fight. If the other fighter is crawling through the ring and he might drop a fight here and drop a fight there to me, dropping a game against LSU has more weight to it than Ohio state beating Miami of Ohio by 70 points. That loss is worth more than that win. In my opinion, because you lost to a good, a great opponent arguably the best school in the country, and you're not just beating up on a division two school or low, low end division one schools all season. And again, I know they can't control their conference, but you know, the games you can control, I step up and let's let's play some better programs. Um again, it, it all it all boils down to what you said. It's the strength of the conference. And if you step outside your conference And you don't have a winning record. That's got to say something. Again, I I go back to the stats that um, that I posted a while back for overall records. And the SEC is the only school or the only conference out of the five Power Five conferences that have a winning record against everybody. Not just this guy, you know, the Big Twelve or the Big Ten, but everybody. That speaks for itself. So you know, I, I know. I'll talk on that until I'm blue in the face, and I'll get argued <laughs> about the stupidest shit. But, again, it's factual. It You present facts, and there you have it. Just saying that, oh, yeah, we're, we, we're such a great team. Well, that's cool. You haven't played anybody except for one person. But we'll, I, we'll harp on this. Uh, I actually got showed a Facebook post from six years ago arguing with, a, with another Ohio State fan about the exact same thing it just uh, again it's the 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 strength of schedule and the strength of conference and it's just something that unfortunately won't go away and they'll continue to have an easy ride in so god bless them for their easy you know bandwagon approach when we're walking through a fucking minefield (laughs) and we're helen keller (laughs) and you know what that's
0: and like I say, I, I emphasize that because of the conversation and I say who you and and Derek thought, you know, I understood what Derek was saying. But, you know, before we before I pivot, the thing is, is simply this. You can't control. Obviously, you can't control your conference. If your conference is good, great. If it's not being to, to me, it's the old BCS way. Because remember, the University of Miami, the Big East was garbage. So, so what, did the, what did Miami have to do? They had to blow everybody by 30 plus points. Because if they even got a close game by 10, that looked look bad because their conference is bad. It's like, you know, when one kid screws up in a class when the teacher's not there, then I guess when the teacher comes back, everybody gets punished. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the equivalency to how Miami was. And that's the equivalency to, especially when I look at, like, the Big Ten. I respect Ohio State, but when we talk about other teams, it gets murky. But speaking of things that doesn't get murky, I think there's only really one game to talk about for for Week Ten. You know, we you know no disrespect to Oregon and USC, Virginia taking Notre Dame. Listen, send me your send me your nonsense at X Sports the World on Twitter, and Instagram, and hit me up on Facebook. I, I I get all of that, but really, there's only one game to me that has legit college football playoff implications, and that's. And that's the game in Jacksonville. That's Georgia and Florida. And I know you got some thoughts on it. We got three we got three of our studs back. So give me your thoughts on Florida, Georgia.
1: In the words of Marshawn Lynch, you already know. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, this week's actually a very quiet week for uh for football. Um Ohio State's on a bye. Um you know, uh, uh, Clemson's playing Wooford. Yeah, fine school,
0: even, fine yeah, school. Yeah, I mean,
1: I've never even heard of them. Notre Dame's playing VT. Michigan's playing Maryland. Uh, Auburn's playing uh, Mississippi, and uh, yeah,
0: Kansas State's at Kansas.
1: Yeah, and, and, and at Oregon's at think, USC. So, and I don't even think L and LSU's on a bye this week, aren't they? Correct. They got they gotta buy going into
0: the to next week.
1: Okay. So yeah, the game definitely the game of the week is gonna be the Florida Georgia game, and I am actually in process of trying to cop some tickets for that. Um I I would actually like to enjoy that game in person. So you've got two one loss programs. You got a seven and one Florida versus a six and one Georgia. So uh do you want to take a guess for the spread on this game.
0: Yeah, I I saw the spread, and quite frankly, I think I think we're the underdog by like six and a half seven.
1: Yeah, we're six and a half. However, they got us slated to win. Yeah,
0: yeah. See, uh, yeah. Number numbers don't lie. I think the help you know with Grenard and all the. I think
1: that. So, yeah. Let's let's actually talk about that. The one game this season where we had. No turnovers, no picks, and no defensive scores. Guess what happened? And we lost. We lost. So you have that to to sit under. Um, and now, rewinding back, like you said, we have Grenard and Zuniga coming back on the defense. Our defense, and I was talking about this with a buddy of mine, uh our defense, I don't want to say revolves around Grenard or uh or Zuniga, but it kinda does. And it's the same thing in Chicago with Mac, is that the defenses are so scared of Mac that they are double teaming, triple teaming him, pulling guards and pulling tackles to oh to, to, you know from left to right or right to left or wherever Mac is lining up. To stop this man. Now, what happens when you pull that guard or tackle from one side to the other? You are leaving an exposure now. So, with that exposure, you now have... If they're double-teaming Grenard, guess what? Zuniga runs in. If you're double-teaming Zuniga, Grenard rolls in. Now, here's the other problem you have. You got Reese and Moon in the secondary... That one of those guys, whether it be Zuniga or, or Grenard, are, are causing such chaos in, in personnel counts that when you double team one man, you're leaving one man unaccounted for. That's just basic fucking math. And the even scarier part is is if we don't send Reese or Moon or Zuniga or uh, uh, Grenard on a blitz, we'll send freaking Henderson off the edge. We mm-hmm. saw that last week, or excuse me, the week before against South Carolina. We couldn't blitz with our, our second-string defensive ends, so what did Grantham do? He dialed up a blitz from Henderson. That kid, he, he hit the quarterback for South Carolina. That, that poor boy did not know what hit him until he stood up and said, oh, shit, you know, we're playing, Georgia has, they're, they're a good team. I'm not going to take anything away from them. They are where they are at, and I won't argue that. But they haven't played a defense like Florida yet, number one. Number two, they haven't played an offense like Florida yet. Now, a lot of people can go ahead and, and pitter-patter about uh, how Florida is, you know, um, n- not as good as they are or whatever other excuses. I uh, Someone said, you know, th- that were overrated – You know we're overhyped and that this will be a humbling loss a humbling loss would be to lsu again or that was honestly a humbling loss so to go against georgia i don't foresee that as a humbling loss but let's look at some stats shall we because we we all love numbers well at least some of us do others argue that facts really don't matter but we'll, well that's how they vote so that's another story for another day um, Kyle Trask didn't play the first two and a half games of the season and currently as of this very second, he's got 1,391 passing yards, 14 touchdowns and four in, and four picks. Mr. Fromm in Georgia has played the entire season. It only has 1,409 passing yards with only nine touchdowns and three interceptions. He got he's got Trask beat on the on the uh the the picks. Um but let's look at the yardage now. Let's look at Mr. Lawrence from Clemson. He's got 1534 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, eight picks. Trask has literally been a backup his entire life and is Within grass, he's beating a starter, a season starter from Georgia in almost having the same number of passing yards, matching him in touchdowns, but less than him on picks. And he only missed two and a half games of the season. Imagine the numbers if Trask was to start. Now, for you, people to say that he's underrated, he's not. Again, and we talk, we talk about this almost every week. Quarterback is a head-up position. Trask is a very intelligent quarterback. He knows how to go through progressions and reads. Felipe Franks is not capable of doing that. Felipe Franks is a good quarterback that if you're fourth and one and you need a guy to get two yards out of it, that big, tall son of a bitch will bowl through somebody. Trask doesn't have... But see, Trask is a big guy. He's 6'3", 240. He's not a small dude. But, you know he doesn't have that physicality that Franks has because he's more of an uh, of an intellect than a brute and it shows on the field is that his passer rating is significantly better than Franks his, his yardage is better than Franks has ever had in his entire career at Florida uh you know a, a lot of people are doubting Florida uh we have beat everyone but granted LSU now again it sounds like an excuse and blah 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 blah. i think lsu would have been a different game if we had pass rushing we did not blitz like we did in other games we did not cause turnovers like we did in other games only game we have lost is the only game we have not forced a turnover and so that speaks for something and i'm sorry i'm not making it. lsu is a good friggin' ball team and they deserved that win and they wanted that win and by golly they got that win uh Florida went out there. They performed better than I honestly thought they were going to. I was disappointed in defense, but Trask went out there, and the first real road game in a hostile environment like LSU. is a hard place to play in. That's acoustically, size-wise, fan-wise, that's a rough place to play. It's hard to play in, in the Swamp. It's hard to play in Death Valley. It's hard to play even in Dope Campbell. As much as I hate Florida State, I've been to a couple games and that is a loud stadium. Uh, I I think if we number one, if we beat Georgia well, not, if when we beat Georgia this week, that will secure us the SEC East title and will automatically put us into the SEC title game against what I'm I'm going to pick LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, if if. We, If we play LSU, that will be a tougher game than Bama, I think. If we play Bama, I think defensively, Tua won't, neither A, won't play, or B, won't be at 100%, and we will put a hurting on that poor kid. Um, if we play LSU, you factor our defense back into the game, and you factor the crowd, because it's going to be at a neutral site in Atlanta, I think we have a different outcome. And at that point, if we lose we lose if we win that puts us in the playoffs no qualms no questions no arguments about it cuz that shows we're capable of of doing so so uh i i truly think that this is this is a a great opportunity for florida to show how great they are um i don't foresee this being a blowout against georgia i think we'll win by I'll say a spread of ten, at most. Um, you know, George a good team, so it's not. We're just not going to run away with the game. But I think the, the the difference maker is not only the defense, but we've also got a special little guy that hasn't played since game one of the season. You know who that is, right?
0: Oh, uh, inform, inform me, Chris.
1: Ah, uh, Kadarius Tony. He hasn't played since week one. Mister Tony is that elusive little dude that can make something out of nothing he can throw he can run he can catch and he is a feisty little son of a bitch so you have arguably our most explosive offensive player coming back in to a quarterback who can actually make a throw to him that already has a diverse receiving core with Cleveland and Van Jefferson and Swain and uh Pitts and then you've got uh P Ryan in the backfield Here we come, you know, uh, this is going to be a very interesting game. Um, I am very excited to watch it. Hopefully I can score some tickets. If not, uh, then I'll, I'll watch it somewheres and and still enjoy it. Nonetheless. Um, but this is literally the game of the week and arguably one of the most important games of the season, because this starts shaping this game right here is the first stroke of Picasso or Rembrandt's brush for a masterpiece. This game starts the trend of, okay, how are the conference games going to align? Who's going to play who for the conference title? And then that next block is who plays for the playoffs and the national title. So the SEC is the first one to strike this week and say, okay, here's who is going to play X or Y. Uh, and then in a couple weeks when when Ohio State and Penn State play, that's a very decisive game. And then, of course, LSU and Bama for the West. Uh, I think the Big 12 is, is still there. I, I, again, a lot of things have to go wrong for Oklahoma to even be considered. Uh, Clemson, I think. We'll just have an easy ride in. The ACC has just fallen to shreds this year. Uh, hashtag thanks, Willie. Uh, that's Willie with four L's. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, but, yeah, th- this is going to be th- – this is ga- definitely game of the week, uh, and this is definitely going to be – this is that first brush stroke of the playoffs. So, go Gators.
0: Well, yeah, You know what? You covered everything. And the, the one stat that I'm looking at, you know, we talked about Trask. We talked about Fromm. There's one matchup that intrigues me, and that's going to be Georgia's offensive line versus, versus Florida's front seven now that we're fully healthy. Georgia's only allowed four sacks. That's the second fewest in the country. Florida has their tie for ninth in the country with 29. That, to me, is the matchup. If we can get to Fromm, if we can somehow neutralize Swift, the running back who's just been playing out of his mind because mind you Fromm only had twelve he we threw the ball twelve times. It was the it was the DeAndre Swift show last you know against Kentucky. So that's the matchup I'm looking at. It's Georgia's offensive line versus Florida's front seven. I expect Graham to be aggressive. I expect him to go all in because because A, he saw that tape against he saw the tape against Kentucky. And more importantly He saw that tape against South Carolina, even. So I expect that to be one of the bigger matchups. But I'll be looking at that. I'll be looking at that with great intent. So speaking of things to look at, it looks like, well, we're out of time. And once again, the social media is at Sports the World on both Twitter and Instagram, and Sports in the World on Facebook. Go to the About tab, click the link, listen to this episode, and every episode to get caught up and leave your thoughts and comments on this episode and every episode as well. And a shout-out before we head out to UFC 244, you know, Nate Diaz versus Masvidal, check that out. The Rock's going to be there. I think Robert Kraft's going to be there, so check it out. So check that out during a great week, you know, you know, football, and, you know, great weekend
1: of sports. Real, real quick on that. Sure. Uh, who do you think pulls off that uh... – at Victor, you, you think Diaz uh, put the thumping on him?
0: You know, I I went back and forth, and you know um, I'm I'm going to stick to my guns and say Nate Diaz, because I I I, I tried to rationalize a way for Masvidal to win, but
1: I I just can't. Diaz is just a tough son of a bitch. Yeah, it's, there, it's there's there's no other way to do it. Uh, what about the co-main event? Uh, Gastelum versus Till. <sighs> Hmm. You know, you got gasoline, He's fifteen and four, one no contest, and then Till seventeen and two with no contest. See, it's 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 one of those coin flips. But
0: if if given the choice, if given the choice today, today tomorrow I may change my mind. But given today, as as of this recording, I'm going to give it to Till. But once again, I'll probably look at some more stuff and then talk myself out of it. But I'm going to stick with. I, I'm going to stick with Till, even though you know Gastelum he he had his he had a fight of the year candidate against I believe it was against Andesia in April, so that's the first time we're seeing him since then. But I think with Till it's just something telling me to go with Till, so I'm I'm going to stick with with Till.
1: I on that one I'm going to go with Gastelum on on that fight. Uh he's very elusive. He's a very creative fighter. And then also another deciding factor is uh, I got UFC 3 on Xbox One. That motherfucker almost made me break my controller fighting him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go just based on that. You know, another fight that I think is going to be a, a fun one to watch is the Derek Lewis versus the... Uh, Balgoy Ivanov, or however the hell yeah, we... Yeah,
0: Blago- Balgoy Ivanov.
1: Yeah, that one. Um, so uh, that one's going to be a very interesting fight, I think, uh, to, to go against. Uh, old Derek, he ain't no slouch, man. That boy can throw some hands, and uh, he ain't afraid to stand toe-to-toe with somebody. And he's just a fun guy to watch. Hopefully he keeps his pants on this fight. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I think I think that's going to be a, uh, uh, a a key factor. Just please keep your clothing on, sir. That's going to be a fun pay per view. Uh, check it out, ESPN Plus. Uh, other than that, you know, a quick shout out to uh, the Army Rangers and the uh, Special Operations Delta Force of the Army for killing that bad son of a bitch Al Baghdadi. And uh, shout out to the pooch who chased him into the cave, bent him in the ass, and made him blow himself up. Hats off. And, uh, another fun fact is, um, Florida still has beat Ohio state for a national championship and Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Found a way to slide that in.
0: Yeah. And folks, and you know, listen, listen, these are things you don't learn in a classroom. So, you know, you know, listen, it may be on a test. We may, at the end of the year, we may give you a test, listen to the episodes, and we bring up, well, what about that thing with Florida or Epstein? Listen, it'll be on the test. Uh-huh. It'll be on the test. We're not going to give you the answers because the answers, you know, they always say the answers are always in the book. The answers are always in the podcast.
1: And I'm going to give one more prediction. All right, go I'm going it. to predict that the doctor that did this independent autopsy on Epstein and showed evidence of homicide instead of suicide I fully predict that Dr. Michael Bodden will probably commit suicide in the next few weeks by shooting himself in the back of the head multiple times. Just going to throw it out there because that seems like a uh, a coincidence is that anytime Clinton's involved, people tend to shoot themselves in the back of the head multiple times and kill themselves. Just throwing it out there.
0: So Once again, folks, it will be on the test. Will I proctor that test? I don't know. But it's going to be on there. So... Always great to learn stuff each and every day. And, and once again, if you want to hear more, great, or if you want to drop in some facts as well, at Sports the World, both Twitter and Instagram, Sports in the World, on the Facebook page. And I just want to give a shout-out to those in California, those firefighters out there fighting those fires, and to those being displaced, that they be safe. And to thank the firefighters, you know, John Cena, good yeah, man, hats
1: if, off to him for chucking 500 Gs towards uh... – EMS and fire services, man. That's that's some stand-up shit right there.
0: Absolutely one of my favorite dudes in wrestling. You know, people can knock him for all the championships. He's just, when you think of a face of a company, he's like the quarterback of that company. And when I think of that for the last 15 years, I think of John Cena. He's just a good dude in and out of the ring. And, you know, he's a good actor. Well, he's an actor. I'll put it that way. He's an actor. You know, I don't know if he's Steven Seagal good, but he's an actor. <laughs> but, but, but folks, well, we're out of time. And once again, at Sports World Twitter and Instagram, enjoy, enjoy your week. Enjoy your day and all of that. And until you hear us again, until we talk again, I'm Lidarius. And I'm Chris. And be real, be you and be blessed and be safe out there until next time. Take it easy, everybody.